Section 213 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 294. Bath, December 9, 1766. My dear friend, I received two days ago your letter of the 26th past. I am very glad that you begin to feel the good effects of the climate where you are. I know it saved my life in 1741, when both the skillful and the unskillful gave me over. In that ramble I stayed three or four days at Nîmes, where there are more remains of antiquity, I believe, than in any other town in Europe, Italy excepted. What is falsely called La Maison Quarée is, in my mind, the finest piece of architecture that I ever saw, and the amphitheatre the clumsiest and the ugliest. If it were in England, everybody would swear that it had been built by Sir John Van Brugge. This place is now just what you have seen it formerly. Here is a great crowd of trifling and unknown people, whom I seldom frequent, in the public rooms, so that I may pass my time très unimment in taking the air in my post-chaise every morning, and in reading of evenings. And, a propos of the latter, I shall point out a book, which I believe will give you some pleasure. At least it gave me a great deal. I never read it before. It is Réflexion sur la Poésie et la Peinture par l'Abbé de Beau in two octavo volumes, and is, I suppose, to be had at every great town in France. The criticisms and the reflections are just and lively. It may be you expect some political news from me, but I can tell you that you will have none, for no mortal can comprehend the present state of affairs. Eight or nine people of some consequence have resigned their employments, upon which Lord C. made overtures to the Duke of B. and his people, but they could by no means agree, and his grace went, the next day, full of wrath, to Woburn, so that negotiation is entirely at an end. People wait to see who Lord C. will take in, for some he must have. Even he cannot be alone, contra mundum. Such a state of affairs, to be sure, was never seen before, in this or in any other country. When this ministry shall be settled, it will be the sixth ministry in six years' time. Poor Hart is here, and in a most miserable condition. Those who wish him the best as I do must wish him dead. God bless you. Letter 295. London, February 13, 1767. My dear friend, it is so long since I have had a letter from you that I am alarmed about your health, and fear that the southern parts of France have not done so well by you as they did by me in the year 1741, when they snatched me from the jaws of death. Let me know, upon the receipt of this letter, how you are and where you are. I have no news to send you from hence, for everything seems suspended, both in the court and in the Parliament, till Lord Chatham's return from the bath, where he has been laid up this month by a severe fit of the gout, and at present he has the sole apparent power. In what little business has hitherto been done in the House of Commons, Charles Townsend has given himself more ministerial airs than Lord Chatham will, I believe, approve of. However, since Lord Chatham has thought fit to withdraw himself from that house, he cannot do well without Charles's abilities to manage it as his deputy. I do not send you an account of weddings, births, and burials, as I take it for granted that you know them all from the English printed papers, some of which, I presume, are sent after you. Your old acquaintance, Lord Essex, is to be married this week to Harriet Bladden, who has twenty thousand down, besides the reasonable expectation of as much at the death of her father. My kinsman, Lord Strathmore, is to be married in a fortnight to Miss Bowes, the greatest heiress, perhaps, in Europe. In short, 
The matrimonial frenzy seems to rage at present, and is epidemical. The men marry for money, and I believe you guess what the women marry for. God bless you, and send you health. Letter 276. London, March 3, 1761. My dear friend, Yesterday I received two letters at once from you, both dated Montpellier, one of the twenty-ninth of last December, and the other the twelfth of February. But I cannot conceive what became of my letters to you, for I assure you that I answered all yours the next post after I received them, and about ten days ago I wrote you a volunteer, because you had been so long silent, and I was afraid that you were not well. But your letter of the twelfth February has removed all my fears upon that score. The same climate that has restored your health so far will probably, in a little more time, restore your strength, too, though you must not expect it to be quite what it was before your late painful complaints. At least I find that, since my late great rheumatism, I cannot walk above half an hour at a time, which I do not place singly to the account of my years, but chiefly to the great shock given them by my limbs. D'ailleurs, I am pretty well for my age and shattered constitution. As I told you in my last, I must tell you again in this, that I have no news to send. Lord Chatham, at last, came to town yesterday, full of gout, and is not able to stir hand or foot. During his absence, Charles Townsend has talked of him, and at him, in such a manner, that henceforward they must be either much worse, or much better together, than ever they were in their lives. On Friday last, Mr. Dowdswell and Mr. Grenville moved to have one shilling in the pound of the land tax taken off, which was opposed by the court, but the court lost it by eighteen. The opposition triumphed much upon this victory, though I think without reason, for it is plain that all the landed gentlemen bribed themselves with this shilling in the pound. The Duke of Buckley is very soon to be married to Lady Betty Montague. Lord Essex was married yesterday to Harriet Bladen, and Lord Strathmore last week to Miss Bowes. Both couples went directly from the church to consummation in the country, from an unnecessary fear that they should not be tired of each other if they stayed in town. And now, Dixie, God bless you. You are in the right to go to see the assembly of the states of Languedoc, though they are but the shadow of the original etat, while there was some liberty subsisting in France. End of section 213. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.